It's another episode of Restore the Floor, your favorite podcast about the Detroit Pistons and the NBA with Evan Jenkins. I am Michael Stone. You can call me Stoney. You can call me whatever the hell you want. I do want to point out early in the podcast, we have a very special guest on today's podcast, one of the NBA play-by-play voices extraordinaire, Dave Pash who does obviously college basketball as well with Bill Walton. He's the, also the play-by-play voice of the Arizona Cardinals as well. So Nice. Yes. I don't think we're going to talk a little football, but, you know, you never know. I mean, I could ask him about Kyler Murray, right? Yes, you can. You can absolutely ask him about and that. And Call of Duty? Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's uh, the best story. All right. Uh, we are one game away from the Pistons' unofficial first half being over. Obviously, they played more than 41 games uh, as we get to the All-Star break. Uh, which takes place this weekend, uh, Wednesday night's game against the Boston Celtics. Celtics losing one in overtime last night to the Bucks. They went back to back. So you know, I know uh, Jalen Brown still hurt a little bit. Tatum didn't play last night. Horford didn't play last night. Derek White might not play on Wednesday. He has an ear infection, or I was reading that he stayed in Milwaukee to get it examined because he couldn't hear out of his left ear. I, you know, this could be a game where the Pistons might win. <laughs> well, yeah, and they're debuting their new toy, yes, James indeed. Wiseman. Yeah. Everybody's pumped for that. I, I'll be intrigued to see what you get out of them. Now, don't expect too much no. in the first game. Still got to learn the plays and everything. So what do you expect, 20 minutes or so yeah. off the bench? Yeah. yeah, and I think we will all, I'll do it uh, on the Stoney and Jansen program. Everybody will do it. We will have an overreaction one way or the other sure. to how he plays. If he plays very well, oh, boy, what a steal by Troy Weaver. And if he sucks, it'll be like, oh, boy, here we go again. Let's yeah. just not make it like the Sekou love after his, like, oh, four-game run that he had. God, People remember that? We're comparing him to Kobe Bryant and such. And mm-hmm. I'm like, let's calm it down a little bit. Let's see it longer than a week stretch. Right. But – I am intrigued to see what you get out of the former number two overall pick that went over, you know, Lamella Ball. <laughs> and you look back and you're like, what were they thinking? But it made perfect sense. They needed a big. They yes. needed a big. And that's what they got, the best one in the draft. And, and uh, to be fair, he hasn't really had that much of an opportunity to shine playing on that team, number one, number two, injured a lot. Yeah, and then, you know, they draft Jonathan Kaminga who's kind of picking up that role for him, but they play Looney a ton and that that that's always been a plug and play piece for the Golden State Warriors with their shooting. Get me a 7-footer, we'll get you to the finals. Right. And they try to get a 7-footer with some talent that like, listen, no, don't take that the wrong way. I know they all have talent in the NBA, but this was a guy that could change a little bit of what your traditional five would do. Correct. A little raw coming out of Memphis. <laughs> Forget it. People don't remember he didn't play very much in college. Well, no, he penny... had the whole penny deal yes. where he accepted a few pennies maybe. Yeah, a little and... penny gave him some big pennies. <laughs> yeah. And 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 that was over before it started, essentially. Didn't he only play like a handful of games? Yeah. And then he, he got – kicked out and then they they petitioned to get him back and i think he was back for maybe a game or something mm-hmm. and they said no we can't have this and that was all before nil started like what a year before two years before maybe mm-hmm. and you know what i'll be curious is is you know jalen duran also went to memphis and played there under penny now they never crossed paths but i wonder if I'm there's sure still talked. a bond yeah i'm sure there is it's like a lot of schools always have you know 
bonds with their players. Well, it's like number one player and number one player two yes. years in a row are now on the Pistons. On the Pistons. We're, we're Memphis North. Basically. Yeah, wish, wish we were the Grizz. Well, maybe <laughs> Penny can come back and play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you want? Look, we'll talk on the next podcast maybe. Oh, we did have Derrick Rose once upon a time, too. That's, that's a great point. <laughs> um, you know, what do you want to see the rest? You know, you have your one game Wednesday night. I mean, Bogdanovich played really well again against Toronto. He's obviously still on the team the rest of the way. Burks, I don't think there's anything different we're going to see tonight, uh, Wednesday night. You know, no, I think I think I'm sold on what they got with their guard play. I know that's what we're going to get. Right, we're mm-hmm. going to get Jaden Ivey's going to look spectacular on some nights, and other nights he's going to struggle like the rookie he is. You got to expect him to hit that rookie wall here in a little bit. He's never played 80 games in a season, Correct. let alone 50. So you got to think about that. But what I want to see is I want to see that Troy Weaver's belief in bigs is going to work. I want to see production out of these guys. From Bagley, from Wiseman, yep. even from Beef Stew to a certain extent. A, a little bit. But I mean, he's changed his game where he's not typically an inside guy anymore. So right. I, I'm going to remove him from that. But I want to see it out of Bagley, out of Wiseman, out of Duran. Just the and Duran's also going to hit that rookie wall. I mean, what do we say? The most he's played is how many games? Thirty. Yeah. So that's what I want to see. I want to see that that plan is going to work. That you can see it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if the guys are putting up, if you got two guys averaging double doubles, I say that's working. Yeah. I mean, there's some other players throughout the rest of the season, and I want to see if they get any better. Like Isaiah Livers. I mean, he, offensively, he's given them nothing for the most part. Defensively, he's been okay, but is he worth a roster spot? That's what I want to see the rest of the season. How good? I want to see Jaden Ivey somehow, and you talk about the rookie wall, improve his outside shot. I just don't know if that's like an in-season deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's the only reason I didn't say that, because I feel like that's a summertime grind yeah. in the gym type deal. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we hope that they play well. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not rooting for losses, but they have to be in the top three. We just won't be mad if they do lose. Exactly. That's, uh, that is for sure. All right, we're joined on uh, Restore the Floor by a guy who I've known for a really long time. Actually, there's not too many people in this world, Evan, who have actually worked with Bill Walton, Doris Burke, Dick Vitale, Chris Spielman, Jeff Van Gundy, and was at my wedding. No. And here's the only one. He is Dave Pash. How are you, Dave? Stoney, I'm great, buddy. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. And, of course, Dave is the football radio voice of the Arizona Cardinals. He does ESPN College Football. And, of course, the world of the NBA. He does a lot of NBA games. And in college basketball, he has the privilege of being with Bill Walton. And I use that word privilege, and I mean it. You guys are so – before we get the NBA stuff – I love watching you guys because he's so bizarre and you play the straight man so well. It's a great team. Well, it's not for everybody. It's what I always say, Tony. It's, uh, you know, you either love it or you, you absolutely can't stand it. And there, there's not much of a gray area. I don't usually hear from people that say, you know, you guys are just okay. Um, it's usually, man, I really enjoy watching you guys or it's atrocious. I can't listen. Um, it's funny because, you know, every now and then I'll have – this happened like a month ago. Chris Finch is the head coach of the Timberwolves. We were doing a game, and and after our production meeting, he goes, can I ask you a question? And he asked me very seriously, and this has happened before, and the first thought that comes into my head is always, uh-oh, what did I say? 
you know, did I say something and he's going to, you know, he's going to have it out with me or tell me, Hey, you know, I didn't appreciate this, whatever he goes, what's it like to work with Bill Walton? <laughs> and I've had that before where coaches or Steph Curry one time asked me, like we were sitting down for an interview with him and he, and I had no idea it was coming. He goes, why didn't you answer Bill's question? I, I said, what? He said, Bill asked if you've ever been inside a volcano while it's erupting and you didn't answer the question. Like, so <laughs> you just never know. Uh, you know, sometimes you just think people aren't really paying attention. And, you know, it's been 11 years now. It's hard to believe 11 years uh, on the college games together. Uh, I did my first year, 2006 on the NBA. I did a handful of games with Bill. He still claims that never happened. Um, <laughs> he, he doesn't recall it, but uh, in terms of you know doing the Pac-12 games for ESPN, it's been uh, it's been eleven years. It's crazy. But by the way, his foot injury that he suffered in, in the NBA, and you know, growing up in Philly, watch him almost single-handedly beat the Sixers in the, in the finals. He was great. If he didn't get injured, he would have still gone down. He's one of the greatest college players of all time. But he would have been, and he is in the Hall of Fame. But a great, great pro player too. People forget how yeah, good he so was. Inter- yeah, like I'll ask guys, you know, like Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff grew up watching. He grew up in California. It was a Bill Walton fan. His dad was a coach, and his dad came home one time. I think his dad was uh, a college coach and was recruiting high school players. And he said, "I just saw the greatest player I've ever seen in my life," um, and it was Bill Walton. And you know, and I always talk to Jeff about you know, what was it like to watch him in college? And, you know, Nikola Jokic is such a great passer. Is is, 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 is that a comp with Bill? And he's like, you know, Bill was so unique. And I've had others that either coaches or players, um, Bill's age or younger, and Jeff's obviously a lot younger than Bill, that just, you know, they talk about how, what an incredible feel he had for the game at his side. You know, you think of LeBron and just his basketball IQ and Jokic and, you know, Bill, from, for what everybody says, I mean, I remember him late in his career in Boston, obviously. Um, but people say he was, you know, at the time, one of a kind, really. Well, I kind of think he's still one of a kind, and I wonder how much <laughs> does he th- warn you beforehand when he starts bringing up stuff that may not pertain to the basketball game that you guys are calling? Is it ever forewarning, like, I might bring up a volcano today, or is it all off the cuff? No. No, he never – He he doesn't – he doesn't want to even be around me before the game. It's really interesting. Um, he, it, it's as if, and, and I've had others that have told me this. I've actually guys that played with Bill that have told me he views it like we're, I guess, enemies. We're, we're playing against each other, and I'm Kareem in, in, in a way. Um, like he's getting ready for battle against Kareem. So he doesn't, even though he respects Kareem and he likes Kareem, you know, when it's time to go to war, um, you know, there's no friends. And so, like, he doesn't want to be around me, doesn't want to talk to me, um, wants it to be completely spontaneous. Uh, so I, I really don't know what's coming. Uh, there's not no rehearsing. You know, with every, every other partner, every other broadcast, there's a full rehearsal. We don't do that. <laughs> I rehearse with the producer, but there's, there's not much. He's not involved. He just, uh, and, and it's, I guess it's worked. Again, some people think it hasn't. I just, you know, the fact we're still together, I guess it's worked. Um, no, no one's gotten fired yet, so I guess that's good. Final thing, non actually playing the game. Does Doris Burke realize that she's probably the most respected woman broadcaster by men 
I mean, people, I've never heard one person say anything bad about Doris Burke because I think she's great. And you know how, you know, we can be kind of sexist when it comes to women broadcasters. Doris is outstanding. I, I mean, I don't even think about, yeah. you know, I don't know how many people do either when they, when they listen to Doris, they're so used to Doris. I mean, I, I remember when I was doing the Syracuse games, you know, 20, almost 23 years ago, 24 years ago now, um, I would do go down to New York. I would do some of the New York Liberty games on radio. And my analyst was Doris Burke and Doris had just started doing some stuff for ESPN. So, I mean, I've worked with Doris and known her for you know, almost 25 years and just have the utmost respect for her. She, you know, does her homework, knows her stuff, is a, a great person, a great teammate. Um, she's awesome. And yeah, you talk to players, coaches, it's again, it's like nobody bats an eye. Nobody thinks about it because Doris is so good and she's so respected and she's been doing it for so long at such a high level. All right. Well, we're at the all-star break now. Um, you're living in Phoenix, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the Kevin Durant trade, what's that do to the Suns? Are they become the favorite in the West? What do you look at the, at, at the West right now? I think so, Stoney. I think it puts them over the top. Anytime you get a player, that's an all-time great. And if you look at, I had one of his games, one of the Brooklyn games, early January, right before he got hurt. And at that point, he'd only missed one game. And he was playing at an MVP level. I mean, he was maybe even the front runner at that stage for MVP. Brooklyn was riding a long win streak. He was on a tear. Um, and, it, you know, it was a, it was an injury, but you know, it's not like anything he hasn't overcome. I mean, the guy came back from an Achilles injury, but I don't know if anybody's ever come back from that the way he has um, at his age. Everyone talks about his, and you can see it, his work ethic, it's off the charts, his love of basketball, and and that's what separates him. And, that, and that's a reason I think it's a game changer because he fits in so well with the culture there in Phoenix. And I'm sure they didn't want to give up either Mikel Bridges or Cam Johnson, but you, you get a chance to get a closer. It really, he and Booker, you can make the case of the best one, two in the league right now. And then, you know, Chris Paul's role changes, which is good because at his age, I think they were relying too much on him to score in the playoffs. And I think things will open up for DeAndre Ayton. They, they signed him in the off season. They could have traded him um, at the deadline and didn't. So clearly they are committed to him. I just think it's, you know, you look at the moves made, I think the Lakers and the Clippers helped themselves, but I think what the Suns did, you know, puts them over the top, maybe, you know, to, to win the championship. Now his former teammate also dealt in Kyrie Irving and went to the Dallas Mavericks. And so far it seems like things appear to be working. Okay. I know they, they lost the other night, but how do you imagine that working going forward with Luca Kyrie on the floor at the same time? Who's getting those shots? Will one get mad at the other for taking more shots? And uh, where do you see that going? I think it'll work really well. I do. Uh, one of the issues there is, you know, do they have that third guy? You know, most teams, you know, is, is Christian Wood that third guy? You know, last year they it was Luca, you know, Dinwiddie and. Jalen Brunson and, and Brunson was a big loss and they, you know, they made the conference finals with those three guys and their games were all three were big in the playoffs. Yeah. It's probably enough to have just Kyrie and Luca. And I think Christian Wood is a really good player. So they probably have, you know, that third guy. 
Uh, you know, Kyrie, for, for all of his faults, and there are many, obviously, um, you know, he, in terms of playing with other star players, I mean, that's never really been an issue. I, you know, I think, you know, he want, he does want to win. Um, I'm sure there's times where, yeah, and I think Luca can be hard on guys, hard on teammates, because um, he wants to win too. So I, I, I think it'll work. I, I just wonder in the West, um, is it enough? I, I, you know, if Phoenix didn't make the Durant move, you know, maybe we'd be sitting here saying, oh, let's really, you know, keep an eye on Dallas. But, you know, Kyrie Irving's history of making teams better and turning them into championship teams is not very good. So I think that's why people are hesitant to say, well, Dallas automatically is in the championship hunt. Um, you know, he won a title, obviously, in Cleveland, but he had LeBron James. I'm not saying he wasn't important to that team. He was. They probably don't win it without, you know, without him. Um, but since then, uh, you know, there have been issues. Things didn't work in Boston. Uh, things didn't work in Brooklyn. Uh, so, you know, will it work in Dallas? I, I think they're better now than they were before the trade. I'm, I'm just not sure that they're good enough to, to beat Denver or Phoenix. I'm glad you mentioned Denver. Does the nation just overlook them because yeah. you know, everybody knows how good you know Jokic is, but they have other really good players on that team too. Yeah, it's funny, right? In the NFL, like small markets, people don't even think about whether you're in a small market or a big market, right? I mean, Kansas City, you get right. Chiefs fans everywhere and – you know, one of the highest rated Super Bowls of all time, won by a team that's in a small market. It just doesn't seem to matter in the NFL, but for whatever reason, the NBA, maybe just because there's more games and, uh, you know, people, you know, each game is not an event like football where the whole world is watching that, you know, sometimes you're in a smaller market and uh, you don't get the eyeballs. But, yeah, I mean, they're really good. Uh, Jokic is yeah, he's probably the MVP again. Um, I'm a voter. I, I, did, I, I did not vote for him last year. I voted for Embiid. I actually voted for Giannis two years ago. But if, you know, if I was voting today, I, I'd vote Jokic. They got the best record in the West, and they finished with the best record in the league. He's averaging a triple double at seven feet tall, <laughs> um, and they've got really good players around me. Jamal Murray looks to be back where he was, you know, before the injury. Um, I, I I could definitely see them getting out of the West without question. Are you you just mentioned that he's averaging a triple double and my whole life I was told Oscar Robertson did it and that was the end all be all. Right. Russell Westbrook does it like four separate times. Now he's considered one of the worst basketball players <laughs> if you look at Twitter right. and now he's doing is that an overvalued stat or to me I think it's like the ultimate achievement. It's pretty when he had like you said, when you have only two guys that have done it and Russell Westbrook doing it four times. It's wild. That's still pretty remarkable. I Westbrook to me, look, I does he turn the ball over? Does he take some ill advised shots? Yes. But he, he gets and, and he and he doesn't he, he doesn't handle himself great with the media and obviously that hurts him because mm-hmm. the narrative on, on Russell Westbrook is unfair. It's unfair. He he takes way too much heat. You know, anytime something negative happens, it, it seems like, you know, with the Lakers, and I have the Lakers uh, tonight. You know, it was it was all his fault, yeah. um, and that's just not that's just not true. Uh, you know, so I, I think what Jokic, you know, that aside, you know, go back to when he was. I mean, he, he won a lot of games. You know, even the year he was in Washington. You know, he he was he got him into the playoffs. I think. Um, 
especially when you're talking about a guy that's seven feet tall that's averaging ten assists. It's crazy. I it's know. just, uh, it, and he makes it look so easy. Um, this guy was a second round pick. I mean, I'm sure it, he wasn't a scout stream when you're watching and you're like, okay, you look at his body. <laughs> now he's bigger than people think, right? I mean, he's wide. But like, you're a scout. You know, you're you're trained to to look at guys a certain way. He's probably not the guy that you say, wow. Uh, that guy's the number one pick in the draft. Um, but he's proven so many people wrong because of just how skilled he is and smart and tough. Uh, and, and I mean, think Larry Bird's the last guy to win three MVPs in a row. And that was in the mid eighties. Wow. And I mean, it's at this point, he's the favorite to win it again. Uh, out East. Is it just a two team race? I mean, I hope Philly does something. I just don't think they have the mental fortitude to do it. Trust it, that it, process. It's, yeah, it's Milwaukee and Boston. Uh, it, it's whoever wins that series is going to be it. You think? Probably. It certainly feels that way. I, I had Philly recently a couple times, and look, Maxi is a big difference maker. They didn't have him there for a while. James Harden's playing well. I mean, he's leading the league in assists, and I think he's. He's changed his game to help. I wouldn't count them out. I mean, Embiid is you know one of the best players in, in the world now. So I'm not counting Philadelphia out, but it does feel like it's Boston or Milwaukee right now out of the East. Now let's say hypothetically next week you're calling a Pistons game for ESPN. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here so you could think about it for a moment if you would like. How are you going to sell the national audience on the Detroit Pistons? What would be interesting to you to sell? Because the way I look at it right now, it's all, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and that's watching all the games. But how would you sell it as a national? Like, what, what would I have to look forward to as a fan watching the Pistons in Albuquerque, New Mexico? Yeah. Look, it's w- without Kate Cunningham, it's tough. You know, I actually had uh, a, a national TV game early last season. It was like, early November and it was Detroit Houston and it was you know the reason it was on TV was for the top two picks in the draft and look I'm a big Troy Weaver fan known Troy uh going back to when he was an assistant coach at at Syracuse and I was their broadcaster and big fan of him I think he's a really smart basketball guy and Dwayne Casey's got a great reputation uh with uh, as a coach and handling players I, I still think they have young talent. I still think they have a chance. But until Cade Cunningham is healthy, it's it's really hard to uh, to talk about them nationally to get people excited. But I, I'm bullish on him, uh, and I think – I still feel like they have a chance. I do because of the, the, the organizational structure and the people that you have in charge there. Did you like the league? I mean, you're, you're 50 years old. I'm – quite a few years older than you, and we always get into these debates, you know, was the game better in the 80s or the 90s, or even, in my case, the 70s and all that stuff. I think the players, personally, uh, because of whatever reasons you want to say, are better and more athletic and than they were even when I was, you know, a kid. Do you like the game the way it is now, or would you like the old style better? Well, first of all, it's funny you bring up my age, Stoney, and I still, <laughs> I still have, you know, I mean, I was 22 and 23 when I worked you know, in Detroit yeah. with you. And I just, I still have memories of like, I can remember 
you know, being in that, what was like a, a garage yes. on Jefferson street. And, you know, I can remember what the studio looks like. It's funny. There's stuff up from last week that I can't remember, but I have things that, <laughs> you know, from that experience that I remember, cause it was my first time ever working in a, in a big market. And obviously I was only a year out of school. Um, so it's funny. I don't even know how you, you seemed old then. So I can't imagine. I was <laughs> funny, but that, 64 uh, baby. All right, man. All right. Um, but I, uh, I, I love where the game is at because of the offensive skill. I mean, I, I, I look, I loved the eighties and the nineties where, you know, the stars would brawl <laughs> and it was tough basketball, but this is, I think this is more aesthetically pleasing. You know, it's more uh, entertaining to watch. Um, and I think we're in a good place where, I mean, think about it for so long, you pretty much had an idea who was going to win. Uh, or who, you know, a couple teams. And and we were even there just a few years ago. Yeah. Where you, you pretty much knew Golden State was going to win. We're we're in a good spot right now. There are a lot of teams. There's probably seven or eight teams right now that could win the championship. Uh, how many people thought Golden State would win it last year uh, going into the postseason? So I, that, that's, that's another reason why I think the league's in a really good spot. And um, one quick thing before we let you go, two quick things before we let you go, non-basketball related. I mentioned, of course, you're the uh, radio play-by-play voice of the the Arizona Cardinals. Just have a coaching change. Hard Knocks was there. Got to watch some of that. Uh, Tough year for the Cardinals. Everybody had such great expectations. And then was it just all Kyler Murray falling apart with the injury or what? What do you think happened there? I mean, there was a lot. You know, obviously Kyler did not, you know, have a great year even before the injury. Because uh, the injury happened late in the year, um, and you go back to the year before, you start seven and zero and ten and two, and then you spiral the rest of the season. The team looks bad in the playoffs. They, they got the killed here. The Rams. They got killed here. Yeah, that was that was like very <laughs> eye opening uh, that that game because that kind of you know when you lose that game and you're 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 in a rough patch, you just you know okay because there was a culture that was building with the lions and the Cardinals kind of got caught up in that and, and showed that they didn't have much of a culture. <laughs> and, and that, you know, that was a real, that was eye opening. Like, okay, this is for real. Cause they had already started losing, but when that game happened, we all were like, Oh boy, this that's, you can't lose that game. And Kyler didn't play great. They didn't look inspired. You know, the playoff loss was bad. And then, you know, this year they made some decisions before the season in terms of how they were going to handle training camp and preseason games and who would play and who wouldn't. I, I think that got guys off on the wrong foot. Um, there were some injuries early in the year, the suspension of DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, there was just a lot of things. Um, you know, coaches that were getting let go for things that didn't have anything to do with coaching. Right. Uh, I mean, there were three coaches that, you know, started that went into the offseason on the staff that didn't make it through the year that had nothing to do with football. Um, so they're, they're just and now, you know, you have new GM, new coach. It was a year. It was one of the worst years I can remember. I've, I've been doing it 21 years now. It'll be 22. So uh, hopefully with the higher, you know, going outside the organization for a GM hiring uh, a, you know, a coach that is coming from a team that just made it to the Super Bowl. I think the big hire now is who's the offensive coordinator, who's going to work closely with Kyler Murray because you're, you're paying him $230 million. I mean, you're locked in now to Kyler. So it's all about how do you get the most out of him.
Before we started this podcast today, Stoney and I sat down, and Stoney and I have one thing in common that we really love, and that's golf. And he told me that you're a golf fan. You used to be a great golfer. I don't know how often you play, but you should see him play. Never. Really? I never play anymore. Really? Yeah. I, I, a lot of it was starting you know, 20 years ago for ESPN. I just couldn't justify coming home. The kids were young and saying, hey, I know I've been gone three days, but I'm going to go play golf for six hours. Um, and now like I'm just my neck, my back from playing golf. Uh, it's so screwed up that if I, if I play, I'm, I'm hurting for about a week. All right. So if you're not going to be playing tomorrow, Thursday at 3 PM, are you going to be sitting in front of your TV and watching Tiger Woods come back? I, you know, I've got games the next two nights, so okay. I can't say that. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued obviously, there but I, I can't say that I'll be sitting there you know, watching it at that time. But I, I am certainly intrigued to see uh, the greatest golfer of my lifetime come back. Absolutely. Dave, continued great success. It's always good catching up with you. Uh, always talk about the old station and how you made it further than anybody. And uh, say hello to Hallie and the kids. And uh, we'll see you soon down the road, hopefully. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for having me on, Tony. All right. Dave Pash, ladies and gentlemen, joining us on Restore the Floor. Here you're... Pistons and NBA podcast 97 won the ticket.